Hey, Beards and Brodies, this is the commissioner here. I just wanted to put a quick disclaimer out, letting y'all know that there won't be any advertisements today uh, for this podcast. We wanted to make sure that we got got uh, the podcast swiftly and to the point, especially with this episode, since it's a very special episode that we need to take care of. So there will, once again, there will be no advertisements, and uh, but be sure always to check out uh, Day Off. Being here, Coffee Lab and Studios, and the Argyle League. Uh, and also, we would also like to say that we stand with the Houston Rockets and the rest of the NBA as well. If you followed us on Instagram, we do, uh, we follow and we respect and Summit State of Mind stands with the NBA and their decision to boycott the games, uh, with the shooting, with the shootings that have been happening lately. Uh, and the, to quote the great, uh, Owen Hart, Enough is enough, and it's time for a change. So we definitely need a change in this society and in this country. So we stand with all the brothers and sisters that stand for change, and we stand with the NBA, and most importantly, we stand with the Houston Rockets. Uh, with that said, let's now enter the summit and get in a state of mind. At times, I feel old like I'm going out of style. So I turn down the music on my FM dial. I beg of you to come and listen for a while and look at this wonderful world through the eyes of a child. What is going on, Beards and Brodies? You are listening to The Summit, State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Stepbacks, and everything Houston Rockets. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. With me is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. And on the eve, Game 7, can't believe we're saying this, even though we predicted this. Game 7, Justin, I just have to ask, are you feeling going into this Game 7? That is going to be tomorrow. And uh, just the, our state of mind right now going into Game 7. I am not confident. That's all I have to say about that. I'm not confident. Uh, that, come on. Come on. You got to give me a little bit more than that, Forrest. That's all <laughs> I have to say about that. <laughs> well, I mean, outside of the sense that Eric Gordon was oh, terrible. No, no, no. We're going to. He was nah. just. <laughs> God. He was just terrible. We are going to absolutely dive into that uh, as the episode progresses. But yeah. uh, welcome, one and all, to uh, to this episode, episode twelve of this podcast. Uh, like I said, a lot of ups and a lot of downs. How, how else, right? You're a Houston fan. What else can you expect? A roller coaster ride, a very unexpected roller coaster ride in the first round. But uh, we're here. We're here for it, and uh, we're here with you all through it. And yeah, so uh, GM, you ready to get started here? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. All right, let's do this. So, game five happened a few days ago. Rockets did beat the Thunder, one fourteen to eighty. It was the return of Russell Westbrook, a big jolt of energy for the team. Uh, didn't have, statistically speaking, a great game. Didn't play super well, but you know he he made his point. He made his presence felt. Uh, seven points, seven assists, six rebounds. Nothing too fancy, but his presence alone was great. Um, we're not gonna really dive into this at all. Uh, it was a 34-point blowout, big blowout. Lots of confidence going into Game Six because of the blowout. And uh, yeah, so it was a good game. It was overall a great game. Uh, a lot of great stuff. A lot of great stuff. A lot of great momentum moving on. So let's go ahead and jump to why we are here, why we did this episode. Let's talk about Game 6. So here we were. uh, The stakes were set. Rockets had a 3-2 lead. It was a lot of momentum shifting towards the Rockets just because we blew them out. And everyone's expecting that we were going to seal the deal. All the pundits, all the media, the GM, and the commissioner included all had good vibes going into this game. Uh, Rockets... 
did end up losing to the Thunder. Unless you're living under a rock, you already know this. Rockets lose to the Thunder, 100 to 104. Um, as we open this this part of the pod, we need to talk about we need to talk about something that that has been uh, boiled over and has been talked about and beaten to death since day one, and that is James Harden's legacy. Legacy, legacy. What is a legacy? Let's dive into that now, uh, GM. Legacy. Legacy being the theme here, especially for this episode. Uh, game six, games on the line, lot at lot at stake here. Uh, what was your impression of James Harden? Not just during the game, he played so well during the game, and I'm not gonna knock him for that. He played tremendously, very good, hustling on both ends of the court, playing great defense, great offense. But just down the stretch, what did you see from James Harden? What did you see from your perspective on James Harden? I didn't like the energy that he was bringing. I mean, granted, he played well in the first three quarters, and he had that one hustle play to save uh, that Russell, what's it called, that Russell air ball. But when it came down to it, he did not have the juice. He didn't, it seemed like he didn't want to be there. It just seemed like he was so passive. We had the ball in the hands of the two people that had most turnovers, uh, Eric Gordon and Russell Westbrook, like it made no sense to me. Like, why are we doing this? Why is James doing this? Every time down the court, he was relinquishing the ball. Was he tired? I don't think he was tired. It just seemed like he didn't want it. I mean, I just want to say this real quick off the cuff. I I need to apologize to two players that I've probably given a lot of crap to that aren't on the Houston Rockets. One, Damon Lillard. Two, Jamal Murray. Because I really believe that Murray wasn't going to be as good as as he was hyped up to be. And to see that the effort that those guys put in for Lillard to put in to get the Blazers to the playoffs and Murray to force a game seven, the way he willed his team, put it on his back and said, I'm going to do this three straight 40 point games, two straight 50 point games. And to see the way Harden played in the fourth quarter yesterday disgusted me. Um, I honestly feel like I'm, I don't know if I have any faith anymore. I'm very, I was always very high and very positive, but I don't think I have it anymore. I think last night showed that it is what it is. He's like a child that you love. Despite everything, you accept them for what they do best and what, and their flaws. And what I saw last night was not something conducive to any sort of success in the fourth. And for me, it truly feels like Harden's legacy is going to be what it is. The playoff choker doesn't come up big in the fourth. And if this is what it is, then it is what it is. That's what we have to live with. Um, so at this point, I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm disappointed. I'm honestly, I don't, I don't know how to really feel. I'm just, I can just tell you that I'm numb. We've seen this time and time again, and now it's to the point of where I just, I, I can't. So it is what it is with him. So we have to take it for what it is, and we unfortunately we have to run with it. I remember all the times that we used to talk about Harden and his uh his playoff his playoff moments and every time i discussed it with you you always did say harden is only going to get better as he gets older right and 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 that's what you said he's going to learn from his mistakes you know we've talked about it before we we've been hoping that one maybe we we're going to get a dirk year out of him at some point uh where he just absolutely uh goes balls off the walls you know averages close to 40 a game 
just takes over, wills the team to the finals, wills the team to a championship. Even though Dirk got only got one title, Dirk's legacy is that one title that he got that he didn't just beat a team, he beat the Miami Heat in yeah. twenty the in twenty eleven. The new dynasty, the mm-hmm. crown dynasty, before they even won a title. Yeah. So we were expecting that from him. I remember you telling me that for years. So it it it's a little sad hearing this because just to just to give you just a preface for y'all, we didn't talk about this at all. We didn't we didn't we wanted to literally turn on these mics and just go in. So yeah. he didn't give me his takes. I, I he didn't give me his takes. I didn't give him my takes. We just turned on and went. So I am just as much in shock as the rest of y'all, especially if you know my brother, the biggest James Harden advocate, the one who supported him since day one. Um I'm shocked that you that you're that you've lost faith officially. Now 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 I'm a little scared because you've lost faith because you're the I one. Mean, it, it, it is what it you're is. You're the I last mean. one. You were always the you were um, like the last of the dying breed that was faithful to Harden. To, I down love the, the guy. I do. I mean, but at the same yeah, time, yeah, it's like course. it doesn't seem like we're going to win a championship. Like with the way that he plays in the fourth when we need him the most, because there are guys that come up big when they really need it. And we've seen it time and time again from other teams, you know, like a Jimmy Butler yesterday in game one against the Bucks. Another playoff moment for him, you know, Um, we've seen LeBron, Anthony Davis, these playoffs. We've seen Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell. You know, it's just like the only person I've seen that has choked as bad as James Harden's Kyle Lowry. I've never seen a player <laughs> digress so much. And the yeah, funny thing yeah. is that Le- Har- James Harden doesn't even digress stat-wise. Yeah, he yeah, still does yeah. what he does. It's just the fourth quarter he doesn't. He just doesn't do he does it all in the first 3. And 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 I guess the most infuriating part about all of this is that one for some reason when it's one one of the 82 it's he, fine. He's he's he, he wants the ball in his hands. I I, I don't I, I don't get it. Like I'm I'm we talked about it last episode, and I went on on my rant, and we said that he was an enigma, mm-hmm. and I, he really must be an enigma. I can't compare this to anything. No, like I've I, never I don't seen even think anybody. No, like I've never seen someone like Kyle, Low- like even like Kyle Lowry, like yeah. even though he regresses. I mean, even though he, yeah, he regress, yeah, he re- uh, digresses. He will still like you know it's it's not like take over ability down the stretch in the no, season. It's he's different. not. He's but not I've a seen, star. Yeah, but and... I can see what Harden does. Mm-hmm. I can name I can name you a bunch of his game winners right here. One, obviously, the big one, the biggest one against Golden State. Mm-hmm. He hit a buzzer beater against Phoenix to beat Phoenix. He's hit so many big shots down the stretch and big moments in season games. I just I've never seen something like this. So it's, I guess for me on my take on James Harden is braced for it. Can't find myself disappointed anymore because I accepted the fact before Justin accepted the fact that that's just who he is. Um, Harden, and this hurts me to say, he just may not, you know, some people are meant to be a Batman, some people are meant to be a Robin. Yep. You agree? Yeah. I think Harden might just, I think Harden might be best as a Robin, which means that if he's, if he's, if he's Robin, then who's Batman? We kind of expected during the season when we made this trade back in last year in 2019 that Russell Westbrook was gonna down the stretch at the very least he was gonna be, the be our batman yep so let's let's switch it over real quick let's talk about russell westbrook as well because if i have to pin the loss the loss goes both ways on both of our superstars as rightfully should 
because two key yeah. moments of the game went down, Justin. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to explain what happened down the stretch here? Okay, well, let me preface this also with a quick comment. Um, everyone knows about you know how the Rockets are, and everyone knows the suffering that is Houston sports. Game six, with the last five minutes, was like a meltdown of epic proportions for Houston sports. So A, James Harden was very passive. He played so well, he definitely could have done better. We had a Russell Westbrook who was rusty and was helping his former team more than helping his actual team. And number three, the player that we traded Russell Westbrook for showed us why we shouldn't have traded him just oh, in yeah, this no, game. That, I, that and, was he, gonna... <laughs> and he was the one that was clutch and he was the one that beat us. And it's just so funny to me and ironic to me how it all played out. And all you can really shrug, all you can say is like shrug your shoulders and say, well, that's Houston sports. That's the kind of shit that we see all the time. Um, but in the sense of Russell Westbrook, like the, what, of what we deal with, like we're, we're, it's, it's totally okay because that's what comes with the territory that is a Russell Westbrook. He is someone that will take over. He is someone that's not afraid. He'll allow it to fall all on him. But if you realize and look at the decisions that he was making, there were so many questionable choices he made in the paint. He would drive in, get lost, jump in the air, and pull his best, very best Jeremy Lin impression. Yeah. You know, and it was, very, very disheartening because each possession was wasted and you knew it because you would see Westbrook fall, lose the ball. And the next possession, you'd see Eric Gordon dribble the ball off his feet. It made no sense to me. Like, how does James see this and be like, I need to do this. I need to take over. Because the because the greats, the greats know that when other players are failing them, especially if it's their co-star, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Shaquille O'Neal. He'll 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 revert to a Kobe, obviously, um, and then obviously Tim Duncan, Manu, and and T- Tony Parker. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. But uh, when you see your players struggle, you you want that ball in your hands. You know the the superstars always say, you know, give, you know what is, what is it that Shane Falco said in replacements? I want give the, ball. the ball. Give, me, give the ball. me the ball. I want the ball. He wants it in his hands to create either for himself or for the players. Mm-hmm. I I have to just say this because this is such a it's been, you know, just itching at me, but this is this is what happened, in my opinion. Uh, that that in regards to James Harden, Russell Westbrook, James Harden is a key example of someone with all the talent in the world and made the right tr- and did make good decisions, did make good decisions, but is afraid of the moment. Then you have Russell Westbrook on the flip side, who made plenty of mistakes down the stretch, but isn't afraid. Of the moment that you put you roll that into a ball and you mix it up with a little bit of dust and 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 that's basically what happened last night yep your your finished product is what happened last night it is disheartening like you said and it shouldn't have happened the way it happened we should have moved on we should have beaten him in five honestly game six should not have ended in the score that it did but you know because we had the lead down the stretch but let's Let's go ahead and transition this now into Chris Paul, because we have to talk about this. He is an alumni of Houston, Absolutely. of the Houston Rockets. He and and I told and we were talking about this prior to the podcast. I felt like I was seeing shades of Game Five against Utah, the elimination game in 2018, yeah, where he just did not want us to lose. He was Batman down the stretch. Harden was content and happy to be Robin. 
and give the ball to Chris Paul to let him create and make it happen. Yep. So I saw shades of that. He was, you know, he was doing hezzies, movements, moving like he was freaking back, like back when he was with the, uh, back when he was with the Hornets in New Orleans. Like he really, he rewound the clock. Yep. And like you said, he did, this was the reason why you don't trade him away. And he basically said, Y'all shouldn't have traded me away for this guy. Now I'm gonna make y'all pay. So yep. Justin, give me your give me your insight right now, and I guess just how you feel about how how Chris Paul produced down the stretch. He played so well. He played superbly. Um, I understand that he was like yelling at Robert Covington, like he can't guard me. Blah 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 blah. But the thing was, we were playing great D on him. We were. Um, there's only so much you can do. But the way he, that. His feet, his feet move, and everything in that sense, the essence of his game is getting the necessary space to get his shot off. And he fades every time, so it's really hard to guard. It's really hard to guard. Rudy Gobert can't guard it. Exactly. So you're asking a lot, but at the same time, you know, I'm surprised that D'Antoni did not come up with something in order to stop him. Like, he didn't have a game plan to stop a CP3, considering that he was a member of our team. If anyone knows him the best, it is us. But in the essence of that, I'm I'm still I'm shocked. Um, I'm not saying that Chris Paul isn't capable of doing that because he definitely is, but the way he did it is what surprised me. There were just things about the game that he you know he turned back time. Um, do I think he can do this in Game Seven? No, I really don't. Um, the thing is, the way that these players shot, like a Beasley, like a Lou Dort hit more threes than Eric Gordon did last night. Um, they're Lou not going hit two, two or three threes, right? By he the hit way. two. He had Eric two Gordon threes, had only one. made one, which was a fadeaway in the corner. And the thing is, is just that, you know, um, when Lou Dort is hitting more threes than Eric Gordon, we have issues. We are, our game, I'm, honestly, we would be, this, the series would have been done in five if Eric Gordon hit 30% of his threes. Honestly. He's shooting, um, uh, if I, if I recall, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I think if I recall, one of the stats I saw, I think he's shooting only 15 to 17% from three. Uh, yeah. I think it it's 17. Is eight for 40 or 17. seven for 40. It's like nine for 41 or eight for 41. Yeah, it's a really, um, it's, really bad it's, percentage. It's really bad. Which, and, we'll, um, we'll, which we'll, we'll end up going into at some point in this episode. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's those little things here and there. Um, but the reason why they're still in the series is because of him. Um, and Chris Paul, like, I respect you, man. I'm, I, I really cherished all the time that he had here. It was amazing. But at the same time, we made, I still believe we made the right trade, um, for what the NBA needs now. Um, it just wasn't going to work. But in, in essence, on a team like this with a CP3 and the way our, our team, um, is set up, they're a great foil for us with their, with their, um, youth. Their athleticism and you know streakiness. Like when a Beasley is hitting all of his threes, it's just kind of ridiculous. You know? And and that was my only thing. I I when I and I always say that. And I and I told I told my brother this a couple days ago. I said I asked him. I was like for fun. I was like, well, which one player did you, do you think I'm I'm most afraid of? And then you know he put he put out his usual. He said Chris Paul, right? Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder. Which well, Dennis Schroeder is actually a really close second. He might actually be one B to the one A. But to be honest, oh no no, not scared of, not scared of seeing, uh, annoyed of seeing. Yeah, I'm really annoyed of of Basley. 
This dude must be, I, I don't have the numbers on me, but the dude must be shooting close to 50% from three. It's absolutely ridiculous. Every He's, time he puts it up, he, he hits it. He, every time he puts it up, he hits it. And I just don't think it's being talked about enough. Because those those nine points he'll get, those three those three three-pointers he gets could be the game. That's a tide turner when it really you is. know when Eric Gordon is one for seven. And then yeah, <laughs> I, I can li- I can remember um I can remember there was a possession where uh, a back to back possession where I think Gordon missed the three mm-hmm. and then come back on the other side of the court and then Baisley hits a three or Gordon misses a three and then Lou Dort hits a three. It's like come on, we're seeing a ton of wasted possessions, a ton of wasted yes. possessions. And the thing is, like these guys, their bench players are making their minutes count. Absolutely, in when they're and, out there, and and that's the tough thing too that we do that that has been happening or no that not has been happening but it happened last game especially the starters did well i thought cove did well uh, obviously gordon didn't do well but cove played the game of his life mm-hmm. that's why i was saying that i hope that we pulled this win out because he played with he was playing for his life here you could tell he was playing like it was a game 7 he was playing he, like as if the, he, they the, lost the, it the they were defense, go okay we we can we can insult Rocco for the defense he played on Chris Paul, but the team defense that he played on everyone else was absolutely nails. Like the defense that I saw, that was some of the best defense I've seen from this team or any rocket team in that matter in the past few years, like the Harden era. I'll say yeah. it like, like that. Well, I also I also believe that Rocco is he's one of the best defenders in the game today, but also more importantly, I think he's also Either the best or top two or top three in terms of team defending. Yes. He's really good at you He's know, really good coming from the weak yeah, side. Yeah, coming from the weak side, reading the reading the uh, reading the drive as it happens, getting a block, getting a steal, playing the passing lanes. He's so good at that. So it's such a shame here. But another thing that we should talk about is the bench. The bench seemed very non existent. Jeff Green, tired legs. Absolutely. I, I attribute it's it to age, tired legs. Edge, um you know. Austin Rivers didn't seem to put I, I, if I remember correctly, he had a ton of missed layups. Yeah, well, there was a ton of missed layups from not just from him, everybody. But, everybody. but you, you know, that's a good six or eight points. So you know, it's just things like that. You want yeah. you want every player from one to eight or one to nine, whatever D'Antoni's rotation is, yeah. to put their fingerprints on the game. Yeah, exactly. You I want- felt like Austin Rivers didn't play. He didn't. I, he th- you know he didn't come to play. Jeff Green played decently but he wasn't ready he wasn't ready for the moment no not for the big moment Um, and that's why chris paul was hunting head hunting him down the stretch yeah because jeff green was getting burned our bigs were getting burnt um it was bad pj was still in there but you can't stay in front of you he couldn't stay in front these guys think about them is they can't stay in front of a chris paul you take and that's the thing it's like if we somehow miraculously get past the second round we feel like oh it's gonna be easy it's not, but at the same time, I mean, get past the, the first round. Yes, get past the first round to get yeah. to the Lakers. It would be a favorable matchup. It might. It's probably even better against them than OKC. But you know, LeBron effect. It is the LeBron um, effect, obviously. But um, at the same time, it's just so hard, and it's so, um, it's just so much, and there's there's. there's so many emotions that come out when you watch this team, and it, all it is is just frustration. So that's all I can really yeah, of put course. it, you know. And I mean? it's a shame, yeah. and that's the thing. It's because we're feeling it with y'all. Look, me, me, and me and the GM. We are not. We're not official media. We're not behind the scenes. We're not. This isn't our jobs. We don't make this. We don't make money to talk about rockets for a living. We are just like every one of y'all out there listening. We are just fans 
who put microphones in front of us to talk about the one team that we love, the biggest NBA team that we'll always love, and that's the Houston Rockets. So it's such a shame, and we feel how y'all feel. It's been so tough uh, to watch these games, and I understand it and understand that this this whole thing is so like there's so many moving parts here because could let's 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 play devil's advocate real quick yeah let's talk about let's say rockets do lose game seven Mm -hmm. let me give you the worst case scenario let's say that the rockets do lose game seven dan the domino effect of how everything will go down dan tony gets fired immediately i expect he won't even last 24 hours he'll get fired the next day Mm mm-hmm I think everyone outside of Brody and Beard is available. Yep. Maybe Rocco might be the next untouchable one. Just because yeah, I think you'd PJ like PJ's eligible to be you PJ can, you would can definitely be, trade him. Well, PJ won't be able to get traded because he will uh, I mean it could be sign and trade. His contract mm-hmm. is up. No, it's not yet. He says one more year after this year. He says he wants that extension. You sure? Yeah, but I mean <clears throat> Oh yeah, it's a three year deal, right? You can't, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, it's it's four. You just can't sign an extension under the last year. Okay. So, I mean, officially they can sign him to an extension during the summer, but during the season they will not be able to sign him to okay, an extension. Okay. So, so, yeah. That's so, yeah. Way. So, everyone, you agree, everyone would be available. Yep. And Harden... Possibly PJ for sure. Possibly PJ for sure. Mm-hmm. Harden's legacy is as tarnished as it already is, mm-hmm. gets even worse. The Brody and Beard experiment would be considered a failure. Yeah. It's almost reminiscent of all that promise that Harden and Howard had in 2013, 2014, yep. for it to be cast asunder, for it to be ripped away by a Damian Lillard game winner in game six. It's so, it's, it's so just, heartbreaking. It's just the irony of it it's all. It's the irony. Oh, yeah. Like Chris so Paul much. is healthy and Westbrook is hurt. It's all the fucking the, bullshit yeah. that we have to deal with and our bad fucking luck excuse my language i'm extremely angry and bitter about a lot of things because 2018 still eats at me i think about it all the time and i'm extremely bitter which a retrospective angry. will be will be will, will happen and at some I, point honestly a part of me is like this isn't fair why do we have to deal with this how come other teams have a stroke of luck of health but we don't and there's nothing that we can do everything's out of our control we, yeah you're right and because we we tend to forget that Russell Westbrook is still playing on a hurt quad. We knew that when he came back, it wasn't going to be 100. He was, he's probably playing at 75, 80 right now. A part of me feels like he might not even play game seven. I don't I don't think so. I think well, he'll I mean, play. They did no, the, I think they, he'll play. They, they did the interview last night, and they asked him how he was feeling. What did he and say? And he just said, I don't know, man. So that's telling of his quad. I don't think he might have reheard it during the game. But he's a lot worse than we really thought. I think. I think also a big thing was uh, Westbrook doesn't really get hurt. Mm-hmm. He he, and yeah, he got hurt in 2013 when Pat Bev hurt him uh, in the playoffs uh, when we were against them. But Brody's Brody's quad probably the way it feels. I, he maybe seemed like a type of person where if if he doesn't feel good about it. He's going to think. Mm-hmm. You could tell he was thinking on the court, yeah, which he, he should never do. He's the man who plays like Harden, who is so Harden, who is so cool and calculative, who thinks with his brain, mm-hmm. right? Russell Westbrook plays with his heart. Yeah. Russell Westbrook plays on instinct. Who does that? It really reminds – that also, you know, just reminds me of obviously, you know, the, the that's what made the Ron Artest-Shane Battier defensive combination so lethal. Yeah. Because you had one player playing with heart and you had one player playing with brains. Mm-hmm. So – 
um, which that's obviously not here, not neither here nor there. But I wanted to at least put out a run our test and Shane Batty at some point in these this podcast. So <laughs> shout out to Shane Batty and run our test <laughs> or Meta World Peace or our Panda Friend or <laughs> whatever I don't know his name is who now. you are anymore. Uh, <laughs> you you over there number ninety six. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you're right. It's 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 so much, and and that's what it is, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's legacy. It's the legacy of of what of this team it's the legacy of james harden as tenure on the rockets and and the domino effect of what might happen brody and the beard won't be will be untouchable but man i can go as so far as to play devil's advocate to the point of man what if harden doesn't want to come back what if harden just says you know what it's possible i'm not batman send me to somewhere send me somewhere where i can be a robin you know what i mean or threaten to the point of bring someone else here or i'm gonna dip i don't think it's gonna happen I'm, no, I'm just I'm playing happen. absolute worst case scenario. He's playing with Brody. I'm sure they'll they'll find a way to make it work. It's definitely not going to happen. No, no, absolutely uh-huh. not. And uh, we can talk about this later during the off season. I'm hoping that we talk about the, our off season podcast comes in um, another month or two, uh, not after tomorrow. But yeah, we uh, don't want that. <laughs> move, okay, let's go ahead and move on here. Uh, if you are if you followed us on Instagram at Summit State of Mind underscore Pod, I put out that we're going to record an episode today, and I also wanted your takes. I wanted your hot takes from what happened last night. So this is the segment of the show where we're going to talk about that. Me and the GM are going to dissect, discuss the takes of of our fans, of our friends, of what they thought about last night's game. Uh, Jr. Shout outs to Jr. What's going on, Jr. Jr. Uh, says. That uh, he just said two words. He said it's Brody's fault. (laughs) He's not wrong. He's not wrong. (laughs) Certainly not wrong. He is absolutely not wrong. Keeping it simple, Brody's fault. Uh, JR, you are right. It is absolutely Brody's fault in terms of what he, the way he performed throughout the entire game, to the dumb decisions he made down the stretch, to the Jeremy Lintai passes he made. Uh, Definitely big mistakes on his part. Uh, you can definitely pin the loss on him, Jr. Absolutely, I I can agree with you on that. Um, it's just it's just what you're you know it's just different strokes for different folks. Some people are gonna blame Brody. Some people are gonna blame gonna blame it on Harden. Some people are gonna blame it on the role players. But uh, good take, good take, Jr. Uh, let's move on now. Uh, here's a take from oh from the young bucket. Yep. And uh, he's his, first his, guest, very first guest, very ever. first guest on the mm. show, the young bucket, uh, Jay Lubos. Uh, this is this is a pretty long take, but I'm gonna I'm gonna read it out, and I want you and I want you to know what you think, uh, GM. After I say this, so this is in the words of uh, Jay Lubos. I expected a close game because it was an elimination game. We knew they were going to have runs, and so were we. Kudos to James for having a really underrated performance. He didn't force anything, made great decisions. Didn't try to hero ball, although that bit is in the ass. Oh, although that bit us in the ass in the end. House deserves a lot of love too, even with CP3 going off. I, I never felt this game was out of our control up until uh, up until when Westbrook turned it over at the last second, and that caught me off guard. I feel like Russ knows it's his fault, so I'm thinking he's out for blood in the next game. Really, uh, really good take, uh, Jay. It's a thorough take. For it's a sure. very thorough take, Jay. Thank you for that. We appreciate you uh, reaching out, letting us know how you felt about it, about the game. Um, GM, let's dive into that uh, real quick. Let's talk about it. Uh, James having a really underrated performance. I, I, I can agree with him on that. I thought, except for down the stretch when he didn't want the ball in his hands, but as the, as the, but the game as a whole, mm-hmm. 
he did really well. I thought he did really well. And Exceptional. overall picture, he did well. He did so good. Defensively, offensively, hustle. Well. Yeah, he did everything that he was supposed to do in the first three and quarters. And he didn't really, and he didn't try to hero ball. So I will get, I will give him that. But but you know, there's just moments where you want him to hero ball. Yeah, this was one of those moments. So, do you agree or disagree? I agree with Jay to an extent. I do agree that um, what is it that House played such a good game? He played very well. Um, it's basically showing why he should start. Exactly. I 100% agree with that. I feel like House should be the starter always um, over Eric Gordon. Um, I don't agree with the fact that I do. I don't agree with him saying that we feel like we had control of the game the whole time. I was. I didn't believe that we had control of the game during the third quarter. Um, if we, we could, we had the, we had the, the footprints to go on a yep. run, but the like you were right, that tech on James Harden was the, the, the breaks on that run, because if he didn't complain to that, the game, the, you know, pace of the game would have kept going and it wouldn't have stopped. And I will forever, a, and I will forever say this, uh, GM also, uh, I will revert back to the last dance. Michael says, shut the fuck up. Get back on defense. If you want, if you're upset with the ref, show play it with better. your play. Just play better. Yep. Force it. Force their hand. Right? Yeah. And it was just so annoying to me to see every time. Like, I mean, James didn't whine after every play, but I can tell you, Eric Gordon, after every play, something that didn't go his way, his hands would go up. And I was just like, dude, just stop whining. Like, every goddamn play, he's just whining. Absolutely. And it's like, it was so annoying. I was over it. I'm just like, dude, yeah, we need you gone after this year. Like, All seriously. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, appreciate the take, uh, Jay. Really good, really thorough take. We appreciate your look. And uh, hopefully we can get you for Game 7 so you can watch with you boys. So uh, let's uh, move forward here with uh, the last take. And this will actually play right into your hands because we do have to talk about Eric Gordon. Ray, here we go. Mr. Fundamental, <laughs> our last guest, has said this so the whole world can hear him. He said it, that Eric Gordon is trash. <laughs> this is his take. He sent us the message. He said four words. Eric Gordon is trash. Yeah, let's, let's run with it because he's right. <laughs> I had hopes. I had to play opposite of Mr. Fundamental out of respect because I, I'm not a huge Eric Gordon advocate, but I'm a, I'm a believer and that he could come up big in big moments because he does. Yep. He did. He did. He did before. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. It, it's just everything's upside down. It's such a weird year. Eric Gordon playing the worst the worst of his career. This like, is the worst goodness. stretch. Absolutely. Oh, excuse me. Worst, worst stretch of his career, obviously. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Fundamental hit the nail right on the head, talking about it from our past episode mm-hmm. in the playoff preview, saying that Eric Gordon is basura. <laughs> yeah, like if then if, if there's anything that's showing, it's that. Like the guy was just the opposite of nails. He was just it was just I don't even know. I can't even. I just I just don't want to. I don't want to talk about it because it makes me angry. <laughs> well, if you want, uh, if you want to know how we feel, just tr- watch Game Six. Watch it back. Watch all the dribbles off the foot, off his own foot. Watch how he loses the ball without anyone touching him. Yeah, it's it's a lot of mistakes that you self inflicted that are very self inflicted. It's it's like it's like you're just shooting yourself in the foot over and over and over again mm-hmm. with the combination of the way that Eric Gordon and Russell Westbrook played. So, um, yeah, Eric Gordon, absolute trash. I have to. F- I, I I concede 
I officially concede to Mr. Fundamental, as everyone will do down uh, down to the road at some point. Everyone concedes to the Fundamental, <laughs> as as will I. So, yeah, uh, Mr. Fundamental, I respectfully agree now with you. Uh, Eric Gordon is basura, or as the New Zealanders say, uh, rubbish. Man, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't even realize that Ray messaged us. On our <laughs> Instagram, I didn't Dude. know. I saw two messages, because but I but I but as you were ex- when you were talking about it, I didn't realize that it was there because it was. I there. remember seeing the notification. It was yeah, this there. Is, this yeah. is the, we're, gi- it we're giving these people the uh, you know the background of our, <laughs> our Absol- absolutely. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize. I was confused. He did. He did. I was like, and what? He did. Oh, but then yeah, you were right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's a. I appreciate the take, Mister Fundamental. Uh, another great take. Uh, that will conclude the takes for uh, for all, for everyone that's reached out to us. Uh, we just put it out just a couple hours ago. So, but like I said, uh, if you ever feel like your take needs to be heard, uh, you're always welcome to DM us. Just let us know. Uh, put it out there in some way, and we'll we'll put it out for the world to hear. So we appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate y'all, Mister Fundamental. We appreciate you, Young Bucket, and uh, Jr. AKA my my point forward. So <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. Uh, really good takes. Uh, with that said, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, Justin to game seven. Uh, right here, right now, let's talk about uh final score prediction. Every time now, every time we talk about this, every time we put out a prediction, yeah, get dubs. So, I'm happy that we're gonna put this out. So, I'm gonna ask you, GM. Yeah, give me right now your score prediction for game seven. <sighs> Oh man, I, I, you put me right on the spot, man. I can go first. I'm uh, like, I do don't have a number, first? but I'm just gonna throw a number out oh, there. Oh no! <laughs> I do think it's close. I want a part of me wants to say a blowout, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. But if I'm gonna call it now, we're gonna win by three. It's gonna be one oh, one oh seven, one oh four. They get the same score, but we'll be there. You're telling me that we're gonna win a, in a clutch in a clutch moment against them, where they are three and zero against us. Yep, James Harden or Robert Covington hit the game winning three. Wow, not at the may not be at the buzzer, but that's that's my call. That's wow, that's, that's that's my call. As hot as it takes as it gets. <sighs> I'm really <getting> sweating. <laughs> I am not he's, liking this. Goes, I, just, I, I am <laughs> so nervous about tomorrow. Right. Do you, do you want to know my prediction? Go. All right. <sighs> game seven, Rockets and Thunder. Winner, winner, uh, winner moves on. Uh, loser goes home. Rockets get the win. 110-97. A 13-point blowout. Oh. Calling it. If it can be Calling that good, it. I would just, I would, 110, I could breathe. 110 to, ni- 110 to 97. We can celebrate yeah. a little yep. bit, you know? That would Off- be ideal. Absolutely. Offensively, we have kept the Thunder. We have kept the Thunder, uh, in game five, we held them to 80. And then in game six, we held them to 104. Yeah, to 104. That's right. So let me do the math real quick. That's an average of 92 points in the last two games. Mm-hmm. I don't expect them to, I don't expect the Thunder to hit, get to 100. So that's well, that's, that's, that, we, that. But that with your expectations that A, Chris Paul does not go off, that, two, that Lou Dort doesn't hit two threes. Exactly. Three, that, um, 
what's it called? But you got to think about this. Shy Gilgis Alexander did not play very well. He's yeah, gonna, not actually, neither did uh, neither did Schroeder. He actually had his first bad game since like game one. So I, so you know, it's it's all about that that balance, balance and whatnot. So really, bottom line, we just have to come out guns blazing. We have to be ready. Yep. And uh, so that's that was my take. Average, uh, they've been averaging ninety two points since okay. uh, game five. I got I got a question for you. Over under on Eric Gordon. I'm gonna oh, set. I'm, I'm gonna set. I'm gonna set his score. No. his points tomorrow. Oh god. At twelve and a half. Okay. Am I gonna? You're asking me if I'm gonna take. And the also, over? are you gonna take the over, over or the under? And will he shoot over forty percent tomorrow? Over under. <sighs> Forty percent from three or forty percent. Forty percent total. I'll take I'm gonna the, say he take. Okay, okay right, one more over under. Okay. I'm gonna set the. I'm gonna set the total for Eric Gordon hitting threes tomorrow at two and a half. Okay. Go. Okay, so we're doing total point total. You're giving me point total. You're giving me percentage total percentage of the game and, and three number pointers. of threes made. Okay, I'm gonna go over, under. <sighs> Don't do this to me, Gordon. Make it make 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 me right. Make me right just once. I'll take the over. <laughs> I'll take the over. I'll I'm gonna, take the over. I'm, I'm, I, I see that. I'm gonna take the under on the points. I think he gets probably twelve. Um, he gets yeah. no threes. Wow, so he, you're gonna take the under there. But okay. he'll hit six field goals from paint, key layups, no free throws. Forty percent over forty. No, he will he will so shoot under forty. He'll go over. Under under no, under going... fo- over over twelve and a half under forty under two and a half. Yes, I'm going wow. under on all three, but I think as I think that are you taking the under on all three? I, I'm taking the oh, under. Geez. No no no, I'm gonna take no, the over. I'm yeah, taking over on yeah. forty, but I'm gonna take under over under. Okay, and I'm gonna okay. but I because I think that um we're gonna get we're gonna get production from Jeff Green and Austin Rivers. Tomorrow. And we need to. We will. We won't. We won't. Jeff win. Green will hit two threes, two to three threes. Austin Rivers will hit key layups for us tomorrow. All right. Really, really strong takes. Mm-hmm. I really thought that you were going to say, when you said Eric Gordon, I was like, give me the, o-, you were like, give me the over under on his complaints. And I was going to be like, man, you got to, you got first of all, we're going to have to start with the number 10 and move on. If we played a, if we played a drinking game on the amount of complaints that Eric Gordon has, we'd be wasted. You best I would probably have alcohol out. poisoning. Yeah, it's gonna be one of those. Uh, what is it? Uh, those Robin Robin Sherbatsky, uh But um, but um, but um. Everyone drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's gonna. Yeah, so I really thought you were gonna ask me the over under on that. So our Eric Gordon complaints. Um. Oh man, this is. Yeah, this is probably the most uncomfortable that we felt. <laughs> but you know what? That's how you know we're in the thick of things, right? We're in yeah, the we're in like, the playoffs. We're this in is the great. Playoffs and- this Uneasiness comes with the territory. We're feeling this, but at the same time, I am not happy. I'm not happy either. I'm not happy. But we're here. We're here for it. We're here for it. We're here with y'all, and uh, we we feel the energy. Um, if you feel, if you want the Rockets to feel your energy in Orlando, Florida, to feel it in Disney World, you know, maybe during, at some point during the game, you know, put your hands up like uh, like your Earth, giving your powers to Goku for the spirit bomb of the century. And hopefully we can land a big spirit bomb, a knockout blow to the thunder, and send them home crying. Um, we can only hope. So, uh, GM, that's going to conclude our our episode. Do you have any last words to say before we end it? <sighs> I'm praying. <laughs> I'm praying because <laughs> I don't want the season to end. 
I don't either. It's just too much fun. This is too much fun. We've been wanting this for forever. Yeah, the season ended in March. It just restarted basically in August. It's not even been a full well, basically only been a full month. We don't we don't want it to end. We don't want this party to end. Nope. Right? We do not. All right, good takes. Uh and I agree. And I want each and every fan out there, everyone that is a Houston Rocket fan, try your best not to be discouraged. Keep your best foot forward and believe in this team. Believe in the ceiling that believe in the high ceiling that I believe in this team. They played the our our superstars played with the low floor last night. But I know I believe in this team. Me and the GM believe in this team. Yep. That they can that they can rise, that the cream will that cream will always rise to the top, right? Yep. Liam, the cream of the crop. Yeah. So we believe in this team. And we know y'all believe in this team, and hopefully the Rockets believe in each other and do what they need to do to win this game, to move on. Because you know, you best believe that if they do move on, we're definitely going to put out an episode regarding a Lakers preview. Hopefully we get an opportunity to do that. Hopefully the next episode we do is a Lakers-Rockets preview and not an off-season review. Because... That's gonna. That's definitely gonna be a tough one. But like I said, it comes with the territory. This is what happens when you're a fan of any Houston sports. So, yeah, we appreciate all each and every one of you that have been uh, continuing to support, continuing to listen to us. Give us a follow on, on at Summit State of Mind underscore Pod. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are going to be on Amazon Podcasts at some point in the future, uh, whenever they get started on there. Uh, be sure also to uh, to. Go to the websites and check out all of our awesome brands that have continued to support us since day one, uh, to Day Off, to Being Here Coffee Lab and Studios, and to the Argyle League. Big thanks, big thanks to them for their continued support. And thank each and every one of you for your continued support. And continue to support this podcast as well as our hometown team, America's team, the Houston Rockets. Damn right. So we're going to end this with good vibes here. Game 7 tomorrow at 8 p.m. It's going to be a big one. Playing on AT&T Sportsnet. And if I recall correctly, I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be TNT. But I'm not certain. I think it's TNT. But but it's going to be 8 p.m. tomorrow. Be sure to watch it. Grab your friends. Grab your loved ones. Enjoy it. Watch watch the game. And, uh, ha- and have some fun. Try your best to have fun and enjoy it. Because uh, Game 7s are always very few and far between. So, Game 7 tomorrow, Rockets, Thunder. So, big thank you once again to everyone that's been listening to us. And with this pandemic going on, please make sure that you are wearing a mask. Make sure that you are washing your hands. Making sh- make sure that you are taking care of yourselves. And most importantly, make sure that you're taking care of each other. Beards and Brodies. Once again, Game 7 tomorrow, Rockets. We believe that the Rockets will pull it out. Game 7, winner moves on loser goes home and ladies and gentlemen the rockets are not planning on going home take care the summit for life